Are you working? What kind of work do you do? We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. From the makeshift studios in Mullica Hill, New Jersey. Let's talk an ish with your commish. Back from our parental leave. That was written into our contract, so we took it. Um, but yeah, man, really the first time since uh, my daughter, Charlie May, Charlie May Simone, born October 1st. Uh, since the day she was born, it's been nonstop. That's being a, that's being a parent of a newborn. The, the first few weeks and months of this baby's life, you're just trying not to fucking let it let it die. You got to keep it alive. It's relying on you. And, you know, when the baby first came, you know, we're in the hospital, and, like, you, you know, the, I was in there for Jen's C-section. She had to get a C-section because the baby was breached. It's just safer to do it that way. Breach just means that they're flipped the wrong way. They're supposed to come out head first. Coming out feet first, all kinds of things can get fucked up. But Jen gets her C-section there. He allowed me to come back. I'm back there in my fucking spacesuit. They had me wear this like all white spacesuit that looked like I was like, you know, a hazmat guy in some kind of horror film or about like space. I don't know. Uh, but I'm back there. They, I tell them like, listen, I'm, I'm not good with blood and such and seeing guts and all that, all that shit you do during a uh, C-section. They're like, oh no, don't worry. There'll be a window up. You'll be good. You won't see anything. So I'm behind this curtain uh, with Jen, just kind of like holding her hand, being like, you're doing great. And she's numb. She can't feel anything. So she's just like asking me for the play-by-play. What's going on? Is the baby here yet? All that good stuff. Um, and then all of a sudden, the nurses are all like, oh, we see like her butt or whatever because she came out butt first. Yeah. And they're like, it's such a cute butt. Um, and then the baby came out. I couldn't see the baby at first because there's a screen. They're just talking about her eyelashes, and then they finally, like, I guess after they clamped the cord and did all that stuff that they have to do, they uh, they pulled the curtain down after I told them, hey, I'm fucking queasy. Please don't do that. And they just did it anyway, uh, and, you know, I saw everything. But in the moment, you're kind of, like, numb to anything else because you just see a baby, and you're, like, whole, so locked in on that because it's a life-changing thing. It's just hard to explain. You're just in the moment. You feel it's like an out-of-body experience. You're just hovering over it, like... Oh, fuck. Look at you becoming a dad. You're going to have a baby forever and have to take care of it and are responsible for its survival. It's just like all of that emotion and reality hits you at once. And then because Jen's getting a C-section, she's got to get all stitched up. So they're like, all right, dad, you're up. And they bring me over to watch them like clean off and like weigh the baby. And the minute they put her down, she shit everywhere. And it's a nasty looking shit when they come out. It's black. It's like fucking like she's a squid and she's spitting ink out her ass. It was it was gross. But, you know, you don't care at all because, like, you love her. She's your daughter. And you're just staring at her face being like, holy shit. Look at you, you little alien. You just came out of your mom. And C-section babies, they don't have any, like, weird head, misshapen heads or anything like that. So they come out looking real cute. So it's like from day one, she was just, she got me. That's what little little girls do to their dads, you know. It's uh, definitely something that makes you soft and realize 
you know, how precious your time is because you have a finite amount of time on this earth and you want to spend it with something like that, something that brings you just like this absolute joy. And you can't really explain why. I guess it's like the narcissistic tendency that we have to just look for ourselves and things. I don't know. And you see yourself in this little child. I stare at her a lot because I'm like, are you real? And then the very first time she ever like smiled at me, it's this fuck. It's like it's like crazy because like for the first few weeks, these things are like these babies, these babies, these things, you know, they're like pretty much just a, a little monkey, like literally like this little baby monkey that you just kind of have to feed. It doesn't like do anything. It just yells at you and it's hungry. And then all of a sudden, after a few weeks, they get like emotional facial expressions and they start to like smile at you. And every week, it's like a new thing. It's like this. It's like the most exciting shit ever. It's like an advent calendar for life of a little child that you're raising. Like each day, you open the box and then you get something different. You know, something new. It's exciting. And the very first time she smiled at me, it was just like, oh my god, this is this is awesome. This is awesome. I can't wait for her to talk to me. We can laugh together. It's gonna be great. Um, and Jen's been doing a hell of a job. Hell of a mom. Shout out to Jen. Now just not a great wife but holy shit man you know you just you find a whole nother level of love when you watch your wife raise a child because it's like you know you're in that shit together but you learn very quickly that there's a difference between mom and dad moms do everything i mean it's the biological makeup of the human race not only can they perform the miracle of creating a child within them but then once that child's born their body just goes into high gear and says, I need to feed that little fucker. So here's some milk. That's a wild phenomenon that only women could do. They just willed their bodies at one point in the genetic evolution chain to not only grow life, but to feed it. And not only are they feeding it, it's like, oh, this has everything this child needs to sustain life in the best way possible for its young development. Right out the gate doesn't cost you a dime just right there on the evolutionary chain but it's not as easy as it fucking sounds i guess because you know some women could have the perfect uh breasts for breastfeeding but they have a child like ours who just had like a tiny mouth because she was born breech she kind of like couldn't open one side of her mouth because it was like not strong enough so breastfeeding was like terrible experience for jen this is personal. I don't know if I'm supposed to be saying this on a podcast, but what the fuck do you guys, you guys don't know shit about shit. So anyway, um, the thing that we said, decided to do is pump because it's just easier. She can pump. We can see exactly how much the baby's eating. I can help out in the feedings, which I think is huge. I mean, think about this. Like every, if like Jen was just straight breastfeeding, she'd have to fucking like feed the baby every single time the baby wanted to eat and the baby eats all fucking day at some point she's gonna have to pump and feed this baby um and at some, that some point came and like i feel like it's just been so much better since then because we can uh i can participate not be completely useless which was my goal heading into this shit so that's pretty much what i do every day i wake up you know i go to work quote unquote in my fucking living room i have flexibility to help out here and there but some days i get busy and the days i'm busy it's like fucking hard because i just it's like out of sight, out of mind if you were in an office and you didn't see your wife struggling with the child at times um, because it's just hard sometimes like changing a diaper when you're 
got the dogs jumping all over the place and you're alone. Like, that's hard to watch uh, just sitting there. And if I was in an office, I wouldn't have to see it, but I'm here and I just want to do something about it. And sometimes I can't because I got to work. So it's a whole other set of experience. COVID fucking 2020. It's a fucking different life, you know? Uh, but it's great. I fucking love every second of it. It's just that it creates a situation where I'm I'm attached to that baby. So if it's not that I'm doing something for the baby, I'm doing something for the house to get it ready to help Jen to not be stressed about the baby because she's doing a lot. She's pumping. She's fucking like cleaning the bottles, watching the baby during the day, you know, like work because I'm working. But the good news is there's a break coming up for her. Uh, starting next week, uh, Thursday will be my last day of work. Until March 15th, I'm taking a little vacation and paternity leave. Ten weeks of paternity leave, a few weeks of vacation. And I cannot fucking wait. Just off off work, just going to disconnect and spend time with my little girl. It's beautiful. It's a great, great thing. Happy holidays, motherfucker. That's how I looked at it. I had all these vacation days. I had nine fucking vacation days left. Because what the fuck was I going to do this year with them? Go to Hawaii? They got COVID. Everybody's got COVID. I can't travel. Or at least that's what they told me in the beginning. So nine vacation days, I'm going to use them, extend my leave here. It's going to be great. But a lot's happened since we last spoke. A lot in the league. We know uh, who's getting paintballed, who's going to the playoffs. The entire season happened while I was gone. Um, We have a new president, allegedly. President-elect Joe Biden. Unless you listen to QAnon and the Kraken's coming and somehow Trump's going to use the courts or something to be the president. I don't know. There's a whole theory out there, but uh, I don't subscribe to that bullshit. So, yeah, that happened, which is weird. The country's shifting to a different direction, and who the fuck knows what Trump's going to do. That'll be fun to watch next year. No matter where you sit on the political spectrum, Donald Trump is a phenomenon. And it's like must-watch television, which is exactly what he wants he wants you to watch him. He wants the spotlight to be on him. And you know what? We will give him the attention when he's out of office, which will inevitably happen. And it'll be interesting to see if he runs in 2024. This weekend, I'm very excited to leave my home and get a little break uh, to go to Jove's wedding. John Faefer getting married to Miss Tracy Sharon. Tracy's going to drop one of her first girl names from her name and become Miss... Mrs. Tracy Fafer. Uh, so very excited to celebrate the day. COVID style. We'll, we'll all get COVID and we'll have a great time. Honestly, though, like the whole COVID thing, maybe, maybe, maybe a little overblown. Maybe a little bit. I mean, if you take the proper precautions, I'm not saying COVID's not serious. You can die from it. It's certainly serious. People have died from it. And if you're not careful, you can die from it. But you can mitigate all those risks. And for the people that are, you know, living with comorbidities or have some kind of vulnerability in society, we need to protect them, which is why somebody like me, I'm going to the wedding. I'm going to wear a mask where appropriate because that's the smart thing to do to protect my mom who has, you know, she's recovering from cancer treatments and such. So she's still vulnerable. But you do the right thing for you and your situation. You can still go out in public and go to a wedding and it's fine. If you want to take extra precaution, you take extra precaution. But the majority of people who get this thing, I really do think they can beat it. And we've come a long way. There's a vaccine around the corner. I mean, once we get through the holiday season and weddings and such, 
yeah, I'm going to sit in my home and do the responsible thing in quarantine. But I I feel like it's there's this there's this place in society that just says like you shouldn't do anything, which I just don't agree with. Like my sister, for example, my sister's getting married on December 26th, and her fiance's family is one of those. They're just the kind of people that you know they're very strict about COVID. They they don't leave their house. They get like shit delivered to them. Like they're deathly afraid of COVID. The entire family. So no one wants to come to my sister's wedding. And that's fine. You know? Like you can have like a fear of COVID and want to protect yourself and you have every right to do that. But the thing in my sister's situation is that these people are trying to stop this wedding from happening. They're trying to like yuck up our yum. And like, listen, if you can't come to this wedding, go have your own wedding. I mean, my dad is in a shitty spot. They were supposed to have this wedding back in April. It got moved. The only date that they gave my parents was December 26th. And when you've sunk like $100,000 into a wedding, you just don't want to fucking eat that money. So you take the date that they gave you. And while it might not be convenient for people because it's the day after Christmas, you make do. And at the end of the day, the only thing that matters about getting married is the act of them getting married. All this other shit is just the frivolous stuff we do to celebrate it. And I understand that there's a global pandemic right now, but these people don't even want to give it a a chance. And it's just sad. They're actively trying to sabotage the wedding using some kind of loophole where if you have the ceremony in one place and the reception in another, technically you're only allowed to have 10 people in attendance at that wedding. But, I mean, how are they supposed to prove that you didn't have some kind of ceremony ceremony at the reception, you know? It's just, I could constitute anything as a ceremony. I could go in the bathroom and say, hey, you guys want to get married? And they could say yes, and I could technically say that that's a ceremony. You know? Oh, that one in the church, that was a religious ceremony. We had another ceremony privately in a bathroom in the in the venue at the reception. So suck my dick, we can have 150 people. COVID laws are stupid. They don't make any sense. I mean, here's the thing with COVID. Protect yourself, be safe, and don't be an idiot. You know, it's it's literally that simple. Wear a mask, follow the rules, and you won't get COVID. So simple, so easy. And if you get COVID, guess what? You'll be okay. You'll be okay. Vaccine's around the corner. We're almost there, guys. We're getting through it. Hell of a fucking year, 2020, huh? In our season, it just rolled right through us, rolled right by us, went right by me. There was ups, there was downs. Unfortunately, the guy who was getting married this weekend is also our last place finisher. And once again, getting paintballed now for the second time, joining the two club, an exclusive club, uh, is John Favorite himself, Jof. So we will paintball Jof. I'm sorry, bud. Uh, it's probably not going to be great. But after last year's dongs, like, is it, does anyone really fear the paintball? Do we got to up the ante now that we have had three people? Um, in the two for club. That last place finished though. It came down to the wire, huh? You had three people in contention that could potentially go down as the uh, paintball person. It was between Joe, Mike, and uh, and Dave. And they all hung in there. They fought hard. Dave and Mike squeaking away, getting out of it, uh, getting the wins. But good for them. It's good to not get paintballed. That's really the goal of the season. And while they may have missed the playoffs, I think King Cuck, he got cucked throughout the year. 
he was a better team than, you know, not making the playoffs would show. He had a shit ton of points, more than a lot of you motherfuckers. So it's just kind of how the, the cookie crumbles. But those three teams that vied to not get paintballed will be joined by Mark in the loser's bracket for whatever you want that to be. You guys figure that shit out. You're a bunch of losers, so that's yours to figure out. Us winners, we're going to move on to the playoffs. And moving on to the playoffs, our number one overall seed, the defending champion, the douchebag himself, Mr. Zach Fox. And yes, I call him a douchebag for his douchebag move. Douchebag move of the fucking century. You knew you were, what you were doing. You knew what you were doing. Exploiting a hack, basically, in the ESPN system that allowed you to start as second quarterback, which in our league is a huge advantage. Now, at the end of the day, it didn't matter, which is why we really didn't go after the punishment. We didn't try. We wouldn't have been successful going after the punishment. I acknowledge that. But I would have tried nonetheless because I just thought it was an egregious egregious thing to do. And I have to say that on air here. Um, you're on the commissioner's shit list, Mr. Fox. Uh, despite your popularity in the league and your your winning attitude, your Dallas Cowboy-like mentality, that's what you are in the league in my mind. He's the Cowboys, guys. He's the shiny, flashy team. He's America's team in this league. The one that everyone loves. But he does scummy things like that. I don't like that. You're on the commissioner's shit list, and you will pay at the draft in some shape or form for that egregious move. And I know there's people out there that will defend it, but in my mind, it's like an ungentlemanly thing to do. Very uncouth. Leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Anywho, he's our number one overall seed, the winner of the Jew division, and your winner of the Gentile division, despite being on a huge slip. This is just how bad the Gentile division, they're basically the NFC East of our fucking league um, I come out on top winning the fucking Gentile division getting the buy on the other side of the bracket now Fox and I will go on to face the winner of the four teams that remain Fox will go on to face the uh, five or the four seed five seed Sleepy Joe who's been on a fucking tear lately to get into the playoffs uh, I wouldn't want to play Sleepy Joe right now he will face the number four overall seed uh, Zach Maron who has just, you know, he's been steady in the league. And could this be the year that he just figures out a way to get to that championship game? But he'll uh, face off against Sleepy Joe. They'll play uh, Fox. The winner of that game will play Fox in the next round. And I will take on the winner of the number three seed, Maxwell Ezra Stein, who has just been a dominant team this season. Kind of tapered off there towards the end. Mostly has to do with the production of Russell Wilson. But once that gets going again, whew. Look out for Steino. And he will face the number six seed, squeaking into the playoffs there from the Gentile division, the Chicago kid, BJ. BJ's team making the playoffs. And, you know, anybody you get in, it's anybody's chance. So that's your picture. I will play the winner of uh, BJ versus Steino. And Fox will play the winner of Jake versus Zach Maron. Can Fox defend his crown and win his second championship in a row, his third of all time? Can the commissioner come back from his struggling season? Remember, the commissioner, if he can make it to the championship round, 
will likely get back George Kittle, one of the anchors of his team that went down early on that has led to the struggles. And he'll have Jimmy Garoppolo slinging the rock at him if they can make it to that round and if they actually come back. I don't know if, you know, San Francisco or the Arizona 49ers uh, are going to be able to, uh, are going to want to put them into uh, the game. But we'll see. Tamish could potentially, uh, you know, get the third championship ring. You've got uh, a couple newbies in contention. Jake, I know, hungry for advancement in the playoffs. Stein looking to get back into the championship game. BJ looking back to get into the championship game. Uh, Zach Marone trying to make a name for himself here in the playoffs. A lot of storylines. A lot of storylines, a lot of excitement. We'll hopefully get to bring you more coverage here uh, from the makeshift studios, but baby willing. The baby's a lot of work. You got to be there for baby. Be there for wife. Happy wife, happy life, happy baby, happy maybe. All right, enough yapping and rambling from me. Let's go to yous out there on the soundboard. We'll start with Dave. Brent, congratulations on Chuck May, man. You and Jen, great parents. It's good to have you back in the studio. Congratulations. Thank God I avoided paintball. I was never in last place this year, so I'm happy about that. It's improvement. So, uh, yeah, in a non-convidian society, get back to the drawing board and see what you can do and get back on the horse and learn from your mistakes and just keep growing. Right. But congratulations. Thank God you're back. Thanks, man. And, hey, you did enough to not get paintballed, so you did something right. And you get out of the Covidian society where you won't get cut constantly. And maybe you'll be off and running and learn from the licking that you got this year. Uh, let's go over to ML uh, out there in Ohio. Your boy officially not getting paintballed, dude. Officially. Unless CD Lamb fumbles, catches, and like, sorry, said that backwards. Catches, runs back 50 yards, fumbles. And then does nothing else for the rest of the game. That's the only way that it would happen. But your boy is officially not getting paintballed. I shouldn't even even be in this fucking conversation, dude. I should be in playoff conversation. I would love for you, Brent, if you have the time, to go back and look at how many points that I've lost games by. And on top of it, the high scorer for that week is the only person that I played that week, too. She doesn't get it, dude. But, yeah. So, if you go back, it's just absurd, dude. It's fucking absurd. But, G, fucking G, Brent. The Cuck series has officially ended. We're going to continue this next year. But I will not be Cuck this year. Later. I, the cut tradition continues, and uh, I don't have the fucking time to deep dive on your numbers, but let's look at him here live on air real quick. So week one, he put up a average game and lost to Joe by like two points. Week two, Stein just puts the fucking mushroom stamp on his forehead, putting up 185 points. He put up 144 points that week, which probably would have beat anyone else, but Stein just took a big fat shit on him. The next week, he got a win uh, with 126 points. Then he put up 159.2 points and lost uh, to me by literally like a point, less than a point, uh, with 160.55. Um, then, you know, he put up some stinkers, 96, 94, 77. So a few stinkers in the middle of that season. 
but the point was true uh, through the first uh, four weeks at least. And then come week eight, he comes back with a strong game, 142 points, 155 points the next week. So two strong wins. Wins again the following week against a weak BJ squad. Uh, and then loses a game in week 11 to Mark by uh, a nut less than a point. Like literally like a fifth of a point. Uh, that's fucking wild. That's a really close loss. Uh, and then the rest of the season just kind of shits the bed. This team average gets a win against a really beaten up Kamish team in the last week to avoid getting paintball. But wow, crazy, 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 man. Yeah, that's a crazy year. You are King Cuck, fitting of the name. Let's go back to Mike and hear him gloat about not getting paintball a little bit more. I ain't going to be hearing these sounds. Soundboard Brent. Oh, shoot! Run, Joe's fucking tuchus. I dodged it. Dodged it like a fucking dodger, dude. ML, out. Well, if, uh, Joe, if you get COVID at your wedding and it's one of those extensive ones that lasts until the draft next year, we'll shoot the rest of that COVID out of you. Don't worry about it. That comes free of charge. Let's go over to, uh, Lamar, the smelly traitor. Yo, Lamar, the smelly fartar, is here. So happy to fucking be back, Brent. You have no idea. In the beginning of the season, I got a lot of shit from my squad. I think you ranked me maybe ninth or eighth, ninth or tenth out of everyone after the draft. And I fucking put together the greatest GM showing in Farters League history this year. Fucking going 9-4. and four And just fucking passing Steiner on that last day. Pretty unbelievable to get that first bye. But, um, yeah, I'm fucking pumped for the playoffs. I think my team's looking good. Uh, I got a quarterback issue. Never know if I should start Herbert or Lamar, the smelly Fartar. But uh, now I'm feeling good going in the playoffs, which actually sometimes I hate. I, I hate being the front runner, but you never know. I hope you're doing well, Brent. Miss you guys. And uh, let's go, Lamar, the smelly fartar. Can't wait for the pod. Peace. Still on my shit list, buddy. But we'll, we'll, we'll work it out. It'll be okay. And as far as your playoff run, don't get so cocky. We're coming for that ace. All of us are gunning for the champ. We bring our best fucking game that week, you know? Somebody's going to take you out. We won't let you get that third ring. Can't let it happen, boys. Maybe let it happen for the commission, though. Get that third ring. Me and him are chasing it. I want to get there first. I want to get to the top of that mountain. Don't you do it. Let's go over to ML, who's got a few words about Fox. Also, I don't know who Fox is playing, but make sure this motherfucker doesn't win any playoff games. Or makes it to the finals, but if he does make it to the finals, make sure this motherfucker loses. 
Can't have another Fox dove in this in this league, man. It just can't happen. We all need to band together and make sure it doesn't happen. It's Cowboys, man. America's team. Everybody wants to see him go to glory, except everyone else that's not a Cowboys fan, which is all of us. So we're coming for you, Zifo. Let's hear from him one more time. We'll let him get one more one more bit in. Also, real quick, can we talk about this Taysom Hill shit? I think that was brilliant move by me. It wasn't a dick move. It was just a GM doing GM things, you know? You guys would have done the exact same thing. You got beat at the same game that I was playing. Be nice, dude. I'm not a dick. I'm not a dick. If the commissioner wasn't taking care of a newborn child, he would have seen that shit coming and shut it down and said no one can pick him up. I would have made him an untouchable pickup. The commissioner's untouchable list. Because it's just such an egregious offense to start a second quarterback in a league that has a huge quarterback advantage versus other leagues. Maybe not comparatively to other players on the fantasy roster, but you can get a lot of points with the fucking quarterback, and if you play two at the right time, there's a lot of fucking points that you could potentially accumulate. For example, I get like 45 points a week from fucking Kyler Murray. I get two people like that. That's 90 points with two players. It's not fair. Unfair advantage, man. I just would have called it out. That's all I'm saying. Gentlemanly thing to do. I get that you want to be competitive and all that, but let's go back, move, dude. Let's go back, move. We're your friends, bro. We're friends, bro. Let's go to ML. <clears throat> we also have to talk about our whole new, like, newfound hobby. I mean, I guess we're all hunters now. We've only killed, like, two fucking things. You know? I don't know the, the kill count in Maine, but I don't think it was that high. But we only got one bird when Dave and Mark were in Ohio, and now we're all obsessed. And we got all the gear, but still haven't really killed anything. We got one little bird. But we need to get out there more. I mean, it's the end of the season, so next year we're going to go hort. I mean, at hort or the spring, there's turkey. I feel like Brent would be a hunt, like a really avid hunter, but now he's cucked and he's got no life. So I'm sorry <laughs> to hear that, Brent. But, yeah, dude, hunting. Let's fucking go, dude. Got to... Start working on my duck calling. I am itching to go hunting and shoot guns and be a man. So just a matter of time before I can get back out. Just got to get the newborn to a, st- a spot where, like, you know, it's somewhat self-sufficient. By self-sufficient, I mean, you know, it doesn't need me completely for its survival. It can go into in, in the pantry and get, like, a fucking snack if it wanted to. Or at least signal that I need a snack. Somebody. Anyway, we'll get there. I want to shoot some stuff. You guys shooting ducks? Like, I'm so jealous. just want to shoot some fucking animals and skin them alive and take out their innards, you know? It's real fun. Let's wrap it up with uh, Jacques. Kamish. Papa Brent. Papa Kamish. Baba Ganoush, dude. First podcast back. I'm so excited that you're back. I can't wait to listen to the intro and get all juiced up. Um, congratulations on the birth of your daughter, Charlie May. Can't wait to meet Charlie one day. Little uh, little nuggets growing up fast. Keep sending some pictures over to the boys. You know, when you're not cleaning up shit or shoving a bottle in her mouth. Um, but important news, fantasy, let's go. Your boy reeled off three straight wins to end the year. Turd, for, no, who am I? Sleepy Joe. Sleepy Joe. Not only did I win the presidency, but I made the playoffs. And I'm going to win our fucking league this year. 
I don't know who I'm playing first round, but I'm going to fucking whoop that H. Uh, I'm a little disappointed in how the, the season ended up, though. I was really looking forward to paintballing Mike. Um, I thought there was a lot of potential there, but we'll just have to paintball Jove again. It is what it is, you know. Um, speaking of Jove, this weekend we got Jove's wedding. Really looking forward to uh, getting together with all the boys and getting COVID with each other and, like, you know, all that fun stuff. It's going to be a good time, though. It'll be nice to get out of the house for a bit. Um, you know, it is what it is. Covidia. It's COVID life, dude. Um, tried on my suit today. It fits, barely. Little, uh, little rounder in the stomach area, but, you know, it fits. So uh, I guess I'll see you guys Saturday. All right. Sleepy Joe. Going to bed. Thanks for checking in, my brother. And uh, I, too, had the suit dilemma. Yours sounds to be, uh, like it turned out better than mine. I went to try on a suit, and I opened the closet where I, I keep all my shit, which is not in my bedroom. I've been ousted to uh, the wastelands of the other closets of our house. So I pull out all of the suits I have. I don't have a suit that matches a fucking, like, the jacket that matches the pants. There's no matching suit in my fucking closet except for, like, two. I tried both of them on. It was a fat guy in a little coat, buffing, topping out the fucking top of the pants. Like, this pants wouldn't button. Couldn't even get over my ass. COVID has not been kind. So, you'll see. Um, I haven't gotten a haircut since January. I have a beard. And I don't think I'm going to shave for Joe's wedding. I might not even touch it up. Because I just, I don't know. That's who I am now. I'm just like, this is what I've become. But I'm working on getting in uh, getting in shape. I bought a Bowflex. It's kind of the perfect thing for me. Because uh, it uses these resistance bands, basically, that help prevent me from getting injured. Which is what I need. And, yeah, maybe I won't be uh, Mr. Fucking Muscle Mass, but I'll do something better than what I'm doing right now. So I'm excited about that. I've been doing it for, like, two weeks now. So nothing to show for it yet, but I feel better about myself. So that's good. I got that going for me. Anywho, I'm excited to see you motherfuckers this weekend uh, at Joe's wedding. That should be a good time. And we'll certainly party and have uh, a merry old fun gay time. So we'll see each other this weekend. I'm going to cut it there. Um, really excited to get out of the house and fucking do something for once. So let's have some fun at the wedding. Uh, I'll be wearing my mask, so don't make fun of me. Don't be a dick. COVID's real. But, uh, yeah, we'll try to check in during the playoffs. Let's you know how things are going. We'll have some fun this weekend. Fuck shit up. Cut a rug. Kill it. It's been talking issue with your commish. We'll see you next time. To all the ladies in the place with style and grace, allow me to lace these lyrical dishes in your bushes. Uh, Who rock grooves and make moves with all the mommies? The, the back, back of the, the club, club. sipping my wet is where you find me. What? The back of the club, macking holes, my crew's behind me. Uh, mad question asking, blunt passing, music blasting. But I just can't quit because one of these honeys, Biggie, got to creep right. Sleep with, keep the epic secret, why not? Why blow up my spot? Cause we both got hot. Now check it, I got more Mac than Craig and in the bed. Believe me, sweetie, I got enough to feed the needy. No need to be greedy, I got mad friends with Benzes. See notes by the layers, true fucking players. Jump in the Rover and come over, tell your friends, jump in the GF3. I got the chronic by the trees. Throw your hands in the air if you's a true player. I love it when you call me Big Pop. To the honeys getting money, playing niggas like dummies. Uh. I love it when you call me Big Pop. You got.
got a gun up in your waist, please don't shoot up the place. Why? Cause I see some ladies tonight that should be having my baby. Uh, baby. Uh, uh, straight up, honey, really, I'm asking. Most of these niggas think they be macking, but they be acting. Who they attracting with that line? What's your name? What's your sign? Soon as he buy that wine, I just creep up from behind and ask you what your interests are. Who you be with? Things to make you smile. What numbers to dial? You gonna be here for a while? I'm gonna call my crew. You gonna call your crew? We can rendezvous at the bar around two. Plans to leave, throw the keys to little C's. Right. Pull the truck up front and roll up the next block so we can steam on the way to the telly. Go fill my belly. A T-bone steak, cheese, eggs, and Welsh is great. Conversate for a few, cause in a few we gon' do what we came to do. Ain't that right, boo? Forget the telly, we just go to the crib and watch a movie in the jacuzzi. Smoke L's while you're doing it. Throw your hands in the air if you's a true player. To the honeys getting money, player niggas like dummies. Uh. They got a gun up in your waist, please don't shoot up the place. Cause I see some ladies tonight that should be having my baby. Baby. In mansion and Benz is giving ends to my friends and it feels stupendous Tremendous cream, fuck a dollar and a dream Still tote gas strapped with infrared beams Chopping O's, smoking line optimals Money holes and clothes, all a nigga knows A foolish pleasure, whatever I had to find the buried treasure So grams I had to measure However, living better now, coochie sweater now Drop top BMs, I'm the man, girlfriend Honey, check it. Tell your friends to get with my friends. And we could be friends. <laughs> Shit, we could do this every weekend. That's right. Alright? Is that alright with you? Right. Yeah. Keep banging. I love it when you call me Big Pop. Throw your hands in the air if you're a true player. I love it when you call me Big Pop. To the honeys getting money, playing niggas like dummies. Uh. They got a gun up in your waist, please don't shoot up the place Cause I see some ladies tonight that should be having my baby Baby uh. Check it out I'm full shit from the ass uh. Puff Daddy Biggie Small Junior Mafia Represent baby baby uh. Um, I think you just got, uh, cucked. Yeah, baby! <laughs> oh, oh.